So today a verse I wanted to start off with, it's really two verses in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, that I think will be good for us to kind of just, to, to kind of read over in the beginning of things, because I think it'll be very applicable to the, to the direction we're going in. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says this, it says, Trust in the Lord and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. So trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. There's this, there's this truth that's hidden in there. It's not even hidden. It's in plain sight. But um, if, he, if He's asking us to trust in Him and not leaning on, on our understanding, that means sometimes the wisdom of God will be contrary to to our natural understanding. Amen. It'll maybe seem a little different, obscure, you know. Um, but also, in all your ways, acknowledge. It's, a, it's the word, it's really, in all your ways, know him. Yada. It's like, in all your ways, acknowledge him or know him, and he shall direct your paths. And, and I think that's really beautiful as well, because it's like, in everything, in all of your ways, not even when you're being spiritual, you know. And everything you do that you find your, yourself to do, that, you're, that you put your hands to, acknowledge Him in it. And He'll give you direction in even your own ways. And I think that's beautiful. It's not like, you know, should we go to Wendy's or Burger King today after church type of things, you know. Uh, you know, it's, Lord, which one do we want to go to? But uh, in all of your ways, in other words, maintain your connection to Him in all things. It doesn't shut off after your prayer time in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening or on, on your Sunday when you're in your Sunday's best, like I clearly am today. Um, it doesn't matter the time frame that you're in. It's, it's literally like in all your ways. Like maintain this connection to Him at all times. See, in the tabernacle, the, the tent that was in the wilderness, the very the very place they believed and, and, and since Eden that heaven and earth met when the priests would go into the tabernacle it was dark there was no light in it except for the little uh, menorah candle that they'd have to light and they'd have to light it every single day they'd have to put oil on the lamps every single day they'd have to put oil and they'd have to burn the incense every single day they would eat the showbread that was in there every single day and there's, there's, this, there's this symbolism to this priestly walk of Christianity that the lamps, the oil that would burn in those lamps, the priests would light it every night and they would light it every morning, those two times, so that it would burn all the way through the night and it would burn all the way through the morning. And there's this, there's this symbolism that it was foretelling of being able to walk, not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways being able to acknowledge Him. Not in a drudgery, oh, I've got to go pray now, brother. You know, in, in, in like I can acknowledge God at all times. He never leaves me. We're always together. And the wisdom of heaven is always at hand. And it's the same as those, those candles being lit in the morning and the night. It's like it's something that was, was to always be burning in us. So I wanted to, 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 to hit that briefly before we step into the message because I want to get on to Joppa. We were last week talking about, two weeks ago, talking about Saul having his conversion, the snake scales on the eyes and all this. And then last week we, we started in this story with Peter running into a man named Aeneas who had been you know, paralyzed for eight years. So I'm not going to reteach that. I would imagine most of you were here or, or, or have listened to it. Um, I'm just going to hope that's the case. 
But this man had been paralyzed for eight years. The eight, the number of the new beginnings, the first day, the eight, the eight on the ark, this symbolic number of something brand new coming that was going to shake the entire world. And I wanted to get to that very brand new thing to shake the entire world in, in Acts 10 this week. But I, I had to run into this girl, the story of this young lady, really, named Dorcas, a.k.a. Tabitha. And I felt like I just could not get past it to move to Acts 10. So we're going to have to push that again back. But um, you guys were here most likely or were able to hear the story that Peter shows up in this man's room and he says, what was it? The, we say it's the, the slogan of Christianity. Jesus the Christ makes you whole. Jesus the Christ heals you, right? He, he, he gives them this blanket statement, get up and make your bed, and it happens. It works. You know, when, when he, it says all who lived in Lydda and Sharon in Acts 9.35 saw this guy, apparently he was well known, and they turned to the Lord. Now I'm going to start off in, in Acts 36, because I think that it will go very well with this, this mentality, this thought of Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, and I think, it'll, I think this dog will, as they say, it will hunt today, I, I think. We'll see. So everybody who dwelt in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Verse 36. Now at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died, and they washed her body and laid her in an upper room. So this is, this is sad and traumatic, and she died well before her. She was still a young woman, and, and they were actually, they washed her body and laid her in an upper room. This is uh, maybe what we would think of like a, a visitation, like she's cleaned up and ready to be, you know, buried. It happened in those days you came to sick and she died. And, and since Lida was near Joppa, so it was very close to the place where Peter had just had this um, resurrection encounter with Aeneas. And the disciples heard that Peter was there, so they sent, they sent men, two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to him. So they said, hey, the news of what happened in Joppa, this is amazing, this is really cool, but they... They sent, not an email, but they, they ran some, a couple of guys down next door because it was in a close city and said, hey, can you get him over here? This girl's not supposed to be dead. It says, Peter arose and went with him, and when they had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by weeping, showing uh, the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was still with them. So this lady was, um, sounds like this Dorcas girl, Tabitha, was a wonderful lady, and what she did is she, she made tunics and garments and all these things for widows. So she actually took care of widows, and now, while they were in their mourning, and now they're like, this is unjust. She was, she was not supposed to pass away. They're super upset. If you can imagine this Middle Eastern scene, um, Peter gets there, but he does something very interesting in Acts 40. It says he puts them all out of the room. Like, all right, that's cool and all. Nice funeral. Everybody get out of here. This is interesting to me. He puts them, puts them out, and he actually goes into the room where the girl is, and he kneels down and he prays. And, um, man, I like to pause on that, because, like, you know, not to be graphic, but it's like, if, have you ever been around a dead body? You know what I'm saying? Even, how about in the vicinity of a room? Not even in a viewing, a place this large, you know what I'm saying? But in, a, in the vicinity of a room, you know, kneeling down next to the... 
I mean, that's just kind of a creepy thing. How about this? Um, me and the guys were eating Don Juan's, uh, you know, on a Wednesday night, probably three months ago, four months ago, this happened. And we were, sometimes we eat and then we walk outside and it's real pretty outside. It's cool at night and we talk about things and we just get into stuff because it's, you know, it's kind of like a little mystical time we have because our bellies are full. So our carnality is just low and our spirits are high. Maybe that's what it is. But we were talking about some things and um, we were talking about being used of the Lord like we always do here. And for some reason, it was James and Alan, maybe Jake. I don't remember who all was there other than them. uh, But we were kind of just talking about the different things that Jesus commissioned people to do, you know, and the different things that Jesus had actually said, go and, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and it's just like this, this common practice of Christianity and things that happened in the Bible that were so shocking. And for some reason, when we started talking about raising the dead, it just became very somber out there. And um, it was just a strange, you know what I mean? It was just one of those vibes. We're just like, that'd be so intense because like that sounds really cool, but in order for that to happen, you'd have to be on the scene when, when somebody died. Not go to a funeral, necessary. Jesus did do that once. But it's like, you, you'd have to, sh- it, oh, you know what I mean? You'd have to be in, this, in a traumatic scene where somebody's life left, you know? And uh, man, so, but we all had the feeling. It was like this somber, but almost like this vibe that it was of the Lord. Like, this is our, this is our inheritance, as the life givers, you know what I mean? And you don't usually hear about this kind of stuff unless the, the missionary from India comes and talks about it at your church and then leaves. But um, we were just like, there's nothing that we are called to back down from in this life. We want to pray for somebody when they're sick, if they think they have COVID or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's nothing. And we had this vibe like, this is going to happen to us. We could run in, this, this type of thing is not far from, from happening, you know. And it was maybe two weeks later, dude. I was reading to meet, uh, I was leaving to meet Mr. Swan. We were meeting, I don't even know what we were going to get together and talk about. And I was driving out of my neighborhood. I live like off Dulce, uh, you know, in the Andy Woods neighborhood. And so I'm leaving and I'm at Donnybrook and I'm turning right on Donnybrook because I'm just going whichever way is fastest. And you know, there's, there's that big um, cemetery there in the Bergfeld area right there. There's a big cemetery there, you know. And as I'm driving by the street that connects Donnybrook and I guess that's Broadway, and I look over to my left, which I would have turned left, but there was a car in the middle of the road, so I didn't. I just kept going straight, which would have been north. But I looked over, and I see this car that's in the middle of the road, and this lady's outside on the cell phone looking frantic. And then I look to, to my left, over my left shoulder as I'm driving by, and I see somebody laying in the gutter on the ground. And yeah, I see a mouth open back there. That's how I felt. It was like... It was like, gee, you know what I mean? I see feet, I see feet on the ground with no shoes on them. So the first thing I thought it might've been a child, which it wasn't, um, it was a woman, but probably in her mid twenties. But I, I looked and the first thing, the nature of Adam says like, not my problem. Okay, you know, not my problem. But the very, the very second response and it came out of my mouth was like, this is it. That's what I told myself. This is it, turn around. In my mind, this is it, turn around. It was almost like, you know, you ever, it wasn't the Lord I'm saying. It was like I was, you pep yourself up, like, do it. You ever jump off something high into a lake or something like that, and you're just like, come on, just do it. You know, it was like that. This is it. Turn around. So I whipped it around, turned it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
there's a car there's a lady and she's got a leash with this big old pit bull like one of these big ones you know and we've had a, we've got a couple you know but this was a, a real large one and he's kind of being frantic but then i see this these feet on the ground and i just walk over and i see that it's a young woman she's laying back she's out and um so you know i park and i walk over like like I'm a EMT guy or something. Like, all right, everyone, where, where's the problem? Like, I've been called, you know what I mean? <laughs> idiot, you know? Uh, but not really, you know, faith, uh, an idiot, kind of, kind of, you know, you know, a little close. But I, I'm, I'm just walking up to the girl and like, like, and you know, part of you think like, this, if this girl's dead, this is terrible, but this, this could be pretty cool, you know? And um, I'm walking over there and it was kind of traumatic and, and there was a lady that was on the, sitting on the gutter because I don't know if you know where I'm talking about there's a little patch of woods right there and she's just kind of holding the girl's head off the ground and I hear the the ladies on the phone she's trying to call the paramedics and apparently it's her mother so her mother's in her mid-50s probably and then the daughter is is in her mid-20s and there's a baby stroller that's rolled like 15 feet in front of her that's just it's just rolled into the curb facing the woods so the baby's just by himself or it's herself whatever I mean, it's a traumatic, it's a sketchy scene that I'm walking into, um, as if I belong there, you know. And I just walked up to the girl, and she was laid out, and her mom said, she has a seizure sometimes, she has a seizure, she hit one, and her head hit the ground really hard. And then look, right as I kneeled down to, to pray for her, she starts sitting up. I was like, okay, so she's not dead, but she's out of it. And so I just kneeled down, and I just put my hand on her shoulder in a comforting way, and I just start praying, you know what I mean, and, and not, you know, not necessarily in English, you know what I'm saying? Not to scare anybody, but I'm praying in the spirit over this girl. I'm just kind of like, because I don't know what to do. I'm just here. I just work here, right, Vincent? Isn't that what we say? So I'm, I'm just work here. I'm the, I've been called here, in a sense. And so I'm laying my hands praying on this lady, and she kind of comes into her mind. But you know what was funny? The lady that had been holding her head just had her hand on her back while I was praying for her, but she just completely looked away. So I'm sitting there with the girl praying and those ladies just like turned away like this, like almost like she was too traumatized by the scene to even look, or maybe I scared her just cause I'm weird. I don't know, but I was praying for the girl. And finally she comes to, she kind of comes to like herself and she, and she looks at me and she goes, am I going to die? Is what she said. Famous words, you know? And I was like, no, you're not going to die. You're going to be just fine. You know? The ambulance is on your way. You're going to be fine. You know, I'm just there. kind of comfort the girl. And it's funny because the lady with the pit bull, the thing's getting really antsy. And it's like acting really panicky around me. And the lady goes, he's really afraid of men. Like that. And I'm like, cool. Cool, you know. So that thing's agitated because of me. And he's like acting up. And I'm trying to pray for this lady. The other lady's got her head turned around just holding her like this. This is the most awkward, awkward thing. And I sat there and prayed for her and just kind of rubbed her back. Now she kind of came into her mind and um, a fire truck comes down the street, looks like it's going 60 miles an hour, just boom, just pulls in. And then that's when I just kind of ducked out and, you know, rolled off and met Matt Lewis. And it was just like, cool, you know what I mean? But anyhow, so um, there's a nice little story for you guys on Sunday. Now we're all awake. Um, um, uh, but, I, you know, I did not raise the, it was not a dead body. Um, this is an unconscious body, probably a quite a uh, concussion because the mom said she popped the cement you know and um you know knocked her shoes off because she was wearing like sandals or slides or anyway so anyways that was kind of traumatic but anyways i guess that just got triggered because i'm reading a story about peter walking into the room of a dead body and so we usually just read through the bible really fast and yes and she was and he nailed down he started to pray it's like yeah you know but 
I have this problem, and my wife knows this. Maybe it's a problem, but when I watch movies or documentaries or anything, I like put myself inside the, the movie, like I'm there. So my emotions are in it. Like I don't like to be stressed out, so I don't even. I'm on my phone half the time if it's stressful. Just like ah, I can't, you know. Tell me when it, the good thing happens, you know. But um, anyhow, but I do that with the Bible, so and I think it's a good thing for that, but not for Netflix. But um, you know. So he, he, Peter does something. He raises a girl from the dead. You know, uh, story. You know, spoiler alert. But but the way it happens is he puts everybody outside. And he kneels down and he prays next to the girl's bed. And um, I can imagine the atmosphere that was in the room of all these people uh, mourning and weeping and showing the things. They're, they're, they're showing the things she made as if it's, it's literally like a viewing, like they're saying all the things she did and all this stuff. And he's separating that atmosphere from the atmosphere he's, he's desiring to take into the room. And so he actually goes into the room and... and you know, he's just quoted to some man, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ makes you whole. Jesus the Christ heals you. He, he, and it's like, I think even in our, in our humanity, it's just like, well, you know, that, that little thing worked. Maybe that's the formula. Use it, use it on round two, you know. But he doesn't walk into the, to the room and say, hey, Dorcas, Jesus the Christ heals you, you know, because she was unconscious and she was dead, you know. Um, but instead, it's interesting to me that he stops, and it and it's kind of reminds me of that verse of Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord and lean not on your understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And so he's like, I just work here, but I need to make a call to the management. And so he kneels down in the girl's room next to a next to her dead corpse and actually starts to pray. See, prayer is not an incantation and it's not a formula. It is the connection. It is the, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. There's the scripture that says to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean walk around mumbling and being strange, necessarily. It's, it's more like lighting the menorah in the tabernacle in the morning and in the evening and the thing burns the whole time. Only like we never go in and out. Like He's in us and we're in Him and so there's a constant dialogue that can happen there, you know? Yeah. Father in heaven, how be your name, your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth the way it is in heaven. And sometimes I believe, scripturally and in this story, there's an aspect to coming into the agreement with heaven that sometimes we need to say, hey, what's, what's, what is our play here, dad? Do you want me to make a move here? Now, this doesn't have to be a dead body on the side of the street. I, maybe I shouldn't even said that story, but it, it goes with this. But this can literally be anything that you encounter in your day. Anything. Any relationship that you're in. And sometimes somebody's saying something to you that you actually know the person that's not a stranger. And the internal dialogue is like, Lord, do you want me to speak into this? And sometimes your answer there is like, not right now. They're processing this. You need to listen to them. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a dialogue. It's wisdom. There's understanding. And sometimes it is, is like, I've opened the door for you. Now, this is, your, this is your instance to speak into this person's life, this relationship, you know. And then sometimes it's a stranger. And this, and this it, it, it was a stranger. But, you know, he, he kneels down and he prays. Like, see, if I'm doing, 
if I'm, which I'm not, but if I'm a director and, and I'm looking at a story like this and I'm writing it, when Peter goes to pray, I have things in the scriptures that I've seen, I've seen that like this is very reminiscent of, right? There's a story and, and I've done it actually somewhat, somewhat recently, at least in the past like three, four months, of the 12 year old girl in Mark 5:41, um, I think her name was Tylatha. And do you remember that story? I, Jesus was on his way to go with the man to heal his daughter. Many of you have read that story anyways. And he got interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood. So he stops and he spends some time with her and he releases her from that, which is brilliant. And, and as he turns to go and pray for this, you know, synagogue ruler's daughter, the news comes back and say, hey, the little girl's already dead. So don't worry about it. And Jesus steps in in Mark 5, and it's just such a beautiful thing. As soon as the word was spoken in Mark 5, 36, and he tells the girl's father, do not listen to that report. Like, kind of like, don't, don't take unbelief right now. Only believe. Like, you stay with me. You're walking with me. Acknowledge me. Don't acknowledge the information you're getting from the outside. And, you know, you guys, maybe if you, you've heard, you've read the message, read the story or have heard that message before recently, because I don't remember how long ago that was. But he literally goes into the girl's room where there's a weeping and great commotion in the girl's house. And remember, he puts everybody outside. And if you don't remember that, you can read it in Mark 5. But he puts everybody outside. And they even ridiculed him because he's like, she's just asleep. Get outside because he's trying to stay under the radar. And he takes the little girl by the hand and he calls her, Talitha Kumi, like little girl, I say to you, arise, get up. And immediately she rises and gets up. And see, it's interesting. Peter doesn't call her Dorcas, which sounds like that's what she went by. He calls her her original name, um, Tabitha, which is, which is almost the exact same word that Jesus said to the 12-year-old girl. It's almost the exact. Even if you look at it, which I don't write or read in Greek, but if you look at it, there's one, there's one consonant in the middle that's, that's slightly different. And when you, when you listen to them, it's Talitha and Tabitha. It's, it's the same, it's almost the exact same word. And so I see Peter coming down and he's put all these people out. And instead of even calling her Dorcas, he looks up at her and he uses some of the Lord's words. And he says, Tabitha, time to get up. You know what I mean? And she does. And you see what happens. It's, it's, this, it's this huge thing. But it's like, there's something to... Um, our theology and our beliefs in this life that dictates everything, right? And it, what our theology, what that really means is just the way we view God and as we've seen Him. You've heard me say so many times, 2 Corinthians 3.18, like when we behold Him without a veil over our face is what it says there. We're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Our transformation happens as we see Him as He is. But the more we see him as he is, without some uh, misconception, misunderstanding, bad theology of God being this judgmental, harsh one, it's like, well, so he must have wanted to take that girl with him that day. You know, God works in mysterious ways. That's what she died out of place. You know what I'm saying? Instead of having all these humanistic um, projections that we've put on God, not being good, not being light, that also that as if he deals in death, um, being able to see him as he truly is without those veils causes us to reflect the same image. And so Peter's doing something like, like Junior that's seen as dad. What, are we, what is our play here, dad? You know, He's taking time out to connect to father, to Abba. 
you know? And what is our play? You know, didn't Jesus say that? I love that scripture in John 14 where Jesus was talking to the disciples. And I love, I love um, you know, John 14, 15, 16 because it's not parabolic. Jesus starts just talking, plain talk, which is still kind of tough for people sometimes. But it was when he was saying, if you had known me, you would have known my father, right? In John 14, verse 7 and 8. And in verse 8, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. To which Jesus says something so profound, have I been with you so long, yet you haven't known me? It's just like, wait, what? He who has seen me has seen the Father also. So now how can you say, show us the Father? And here Jesus is using these themes of what we've been talking about with the House of Faith this past probably six weeks, of this baptism, this empowerment, this indwelling of the Holy Spirit that they didn't even know was coming. John 14, Jesus is just starting to tell them that this is coming upon them. He's telling them, it's better that I go away because there's something coming for you. This Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, in all your ways acknowledge the Lord. It's not going to be, you know, go to the temple and pray and, you know what I mean, Shundai Hyundai. It's going to be like, in all your ways, you're going to have this inward connection. The lamp that's lit morning and night will always be alive within you. So in all your ways acknowledge Him. He's going to direct your paths. Wait, are they my ways or are they your paths? Well, we have the ability in seeking first the kingdom to where those two things become the same thing, Right? And so Jesus is saying, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He goes on and he's saying, I'll pray the Father and give you this, another helper, the Spirit that we're talking about. In verse 17, he calls him the Spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. It's like, wait a second. If I'm the disciple and Jesus says, I'm going to send you guys the spirit of truth, that's what this religion is actually about. I'm doing something that's better that I go away. Those who don't believe, they won't accept him. But he actually lives with you guys. And he's going to be in you. I'm raising my hand in the back like, he, he lives with us? You know what I mean? But they live with Jesus. He's, God's talking about himself. This guy you've been living with this, these past three years is going to be on the inside of you. You know, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's like you've seen what your role is as a son. How about that? I love the, I love the verse. I, 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 I start almost everything off with that phrase. But I do love the verse in, in John chapter 5 when Jesus is saying something that's... It was certainly controversial. We won't go into it then. But most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. So here's this other, this other quotation of Jesus saying the son does what he sees the father do. Is he talking about himself? Yeah. But can you imagine Peter getting down to pray before this happening? And the words which, which the Holy Spirit, he will bring my words back up to you. Remember we covered that? That was like two weeks ago. There in John 14, he's going to bring to remembrance everything that I've spoken to you. It's like Peter's praying and, and acknowledging the son does what he sees dad do. And also Jesus saying, hey, by the way, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So if you as sons have seen the things that I do, guess what that means for you? This is how you're supposed to live. You know, and some people will be like, well, man, that means we're like God down on the earth. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, well, we are the hands and feet of God on the earth. You know, 
But that's also what that, that scripture is saying. Like I, Jesus came down and completely de denied his divinity and lived as a man fully dependent on his father to show us as the firstborn of many brethren how this walk is supposed to look. You know, He come to unlock our mind of the capabilities of the power of the kingdom of heaven and gives us a prayer that on heaven, that on earth as it is in heaven, that we're the conduits of that. Like He's like, yeah, like he's empowered us to live that life in the here and now. You know. He goes on there and he said, most assuredly say, yeah, oh, the son, for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. That the son may marvel? No, that you guys may marvel. Like Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm come down here and it's my pleasure to blow your minds. I'm going to blow the limitations off of your brains. And when I'm gone, you're not going to be able to figure it out. But you, when I say things like, it's better for you that I go away, I'm going to send you the helper that's going to be in you, and then say, I won't leave you orphans. So like, you're not going to leave us, or he's not going to leave us. You know what I mean? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He says all these things that people can kind of, it's a, if it's not a little bit of like mysterious, then you're just not reading it right. You know what I mean? Or you've just been programmed in through the religious system and they, they have answers for it, but the answers don't bear fruit. The reality of it is, it's like Jesus is saying like, look, God, Christ in you, the hope of glory is going to, you're going to see him and do what he did. Does that mean that every decision we make, we got to go pray and try to have a vision what God would do? You know, that the answer is no. But uh, it's like what it does mean that we're called to know the life and love of God. That when we, see, when we see a situation, we know him so well. We, can, we acknowledge him in our ways, but there's certain decisions that we make in life that be like, I know what our family thinks about that. You know what I mean? And then we're calling for the wisdom of heaven. So here you have Peter, if I was making the movie script, which I'm not, and I'm not trying to add to the Bible at all, but what I am saying, all these things the Spirit would bring to the mind of this man named Peter. And here he is, just like Aeneas, Aeneas, the Christ, Jesus, the Christ, he heals you. And we talked about that. What does that mean? That means, Aeneas, I do not heal you, but the one who's in me heals you. And you're going to learn about that. You know, And it's the same thing. He wasn't going into this room like, hey, I've got this new trick saying that's going to work on people. He goes down in a situation that's super traumatic and he presses the pause button which we all have the capability of doing, every single one of us. He, he presses pause, in a sense calls, manage, calls management, kneels down and pray. It's not like, God, please heal her, God, please heal her, God, please heal And it's not like, like panic. It's like, it's, that's what we think is prayer. That's not prayer. It's, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're like actually connecting to him by faith, knowing his heart in the scenario. Peter creates space in a room. He changes the atmosphere just by ridding it of the of all the mourning, creates the space, presses the pause button, and the things that must have come to this man's mind, what he had seen the Father do, what he had seen Jesus do, and if he'd seen Jesus, he did the Father. And he uses vernacular that's so very similar to that girl, in a, that 12-year-old girl, where he had to stop and press pause, and just the reality that that story is so very similar to this story makes you think, like, that's a no-brainer. Tabitha, 
I say to you, arise. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Can you just, man, wouldn't it be lovely to be in there next to a dead body like that? So traumatic. And then somebody's eye, them eyeballs just going, doom. You know what I mean? Like, go! You know, that'll just give you chills right there if you're in it. He gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he'd called all the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all of Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. So great, dude. This is setting us up into the next round of what I really had planned on doing this week. But we'll come into next week. And it's the thing that actually changes the game for every Christian, every believer in the entire world was about to happen. Because this man was, was, was learning how to create space. And um, I guess if I wanted to think about this message and the theme of it that I feel like is really of the Lord, because I had a little bit of a, a little sign that kind of made me feel like, okay, this is really you, Lord. Um, but I would say it's tapping into the source of our power. It's like we're walking around with the one who slung the stars across heaven on the inside of us. You know what I mean? Tapping into the source of our power, his power. It's really, I think it would probably be better said, yielding to the source, which makes room for his power to manifest. It's like stopping in our day, in all of our ways, acknowledging him that he has the ability to throw the card out like, hey, I want to speak into this. Hey, I want to step into the situation. Hey, I want to speak into this person's life. Hey, I want to talk to the stranger. Hey, there's a girl laying in a gutter with her, with her shoes knocked off, you know what I mean, and a pit bull that looks like he's a little upset, but I want you to walk over there. It means acknowledging him in all of our ways and making room for him any time or any space in our life. And I believe this. I believe that this kind of stuff can happen to us, and I believe it will happen to you guys and all of us uh, in these coming weeks, because I just, I, I imagine a church body that instead of like, hey, let's do an outreach where we go serve somebody or whatever, which is great, that's cool. But I imagine a church body that's so awake that this is the way we live our life, acknowledging the Lord in all of our ways and everything we do. You know what I mean? To where, we, where, where we give the Lord room in the situations of our life, the random places that we find ourselves, the places where we exercise or eat or go to school or whatever, or the relationships in our life. That the Lord wants us to impact people. This thing about make, go and make disciples, it wasn't like go and condemn and tell them they're going to go to hell and burn and all the, you know, it's like people should want what we have and be inspired by what we're walking in. Always be get, ready to give an answer for the peace that you have, you know what I mean? That's apologetics. It's like we should have to answer for the level of, of the peace and confidence that we have in God. Not because we love to debate. Like when's the next debate? You know what I mean? I don't know. You know. But there's something to, in all of our ways, acknowledge Him in creating space Amen. and letting it fly when it happens. Uh, when, I was, when I was gearing to do Acts 10 this week, and then yesterday when I started going to, to you know, write it for today, and then I got stuck on Tabitha, Dorcas, a.k.a. Tabitha, um, I had this memory of something that happened to me like in 2018. And it was at Brookshire's over here, kind of near my house, the, the one in Bergfeld Center, and I was going, I don't remember what we were doing that day, but we were, a lot of us were getting together over at Brad's house, and 
Brad and Kaylin's house. And so we had, Nicole wanted to make some type of dip or something. I forget what it was. And so I don't know if I was, I had to go to the store real quick and buy some avocados maybe, and then maybe some cream cheese or something because I was walking, walking through Brookshire's to go grab a couple of things really quick for her to blend up or make, you know, make. And um, as I did, I just felt, I felt that, that hit pause in, in the middle of my walk. And I just stopped right where I was. And um, I just stopped right there. And I remember where I was. It was like that aisle where just, there's like magazines in Brookshire's, like oh, not all the way to the pharmacy. You know what I mean? But there's just some magazines and then you can buy like, you know, cleaning supplies or air filters for your AC. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody shop over there now? So I stopped right there and I just stopped. Like, I felt like the Lord was like, stop. Just chill for a minute. And I didn't know if I was just real busy. Get the next thing. Da, 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 you know, just running through the day. Um, it was on a Saturday. But I just stopped and stood there almost like he wanted me to go fishing. And so I stopped there for a moment and I, I just grabbed a couple magazines and started looking at magazines. Usually it's like, you know, there's like, gun magazines and fitness magazines maybe some rapper magazines with tattoos in them and girl fitness you know what i'm talking about it's brookshire so it's 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 a wholesome ish magazine section right and i wasn't reading gossip or whatever you know so i just stopped there and i just grabbed a couple magazines and just like i felt like it was like yo you're 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 running too hot stop for a minute so i just stopped and as i did this older couple and maybe there's medicine on that aisle or something but this older couple starts walking back back and forth next to me and um, I'm just standing there. And so finally, I just kind of scooted up. And the, the wife, they're looking for something. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, are we bothering you? Like that, kind of kind of like a little bit, you know. So she kind of said it like that. And I was like, oh, she kind of bumped into me. I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm used to people bumping into me. I said something like that because they were older. And, and she said, oh, it's like, she's like, well, what do you do? And I was like, actually, I'm a pastor of a church here in town. And she's like, oh, really? Which, you, you, if you know me, I don't even like to throw that out normally. Um, I'm just, you know, because people get real hot and religious real fast if they hear that. And so she said that, and I was like, oh, I'm actually a pastor here in town. She's like, oh, really? She's like, my husband, the man she was with, she's like, he's a pastor. He just retired. And they were just like, yeah, you know. And he stepped up, and he's like, yeah. And they, and they were really sad. They're like, yeah, we just moved back here from... Colorado, he's been a minister for, it was like 40 or 50 years, a long time. Um, but he looked like he was in good shape and everything still. Still looked, not young, but you know, mid-60s probably. And um, she's like, yeah, you know, he just, he's like, yeah, I just got to the point where I'd get up to preach and I couldn't even remember my notes. I couldn't remember what I was doing. Like, she's like, yeah, he has these, he has the, he has um, Alzheimer's starting to set in, early on stage, you know, Alzheimer's. He's like, and it's happened to and he's just telling me this stuff, and he's like, you know, it got to the point, I've preached for this many years, and, he, and, it's, and it's this sad story, but I'm just kind of sitting there, and, and I'm like Peter in that room, kneeled down, I'm kind of thinking like, all right, you told me to stop, you know? I'm not like, I don't go pray for every wheelchair that I see, that's just, that, I don't, I just, that's not my deal, I mean, that's cool if that's your, yours, and that's fine, but I'm just not there, I don't, that's not me, but in the situation one plus one equals two, like I'm reading a magazine because he told me to stop right here and these people just bumped into me. And this lady started chipping at me a little bit and then this guy comes and it's like, okay. And now he has this issue and he's confessing it to me and we're the same, we do the same job. Um, you know, and as he's saying this, I don't, you don't wanna be disrespectful and you don't, wanna, you don't know what he believes, but he pastored here for a long time in Tyler. But then he also pastored in Colorado for a longer time and then had just moved back because of retiring. And um, 
And I just kind of like, I didn't want to be rude, but I was like, hey, you know, I was like, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but I was like, I really believe. And I quoted 1 Timothy 6, uh, 1 Timothy 1, verse 7. And that scripture that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, but of a sound mind, soundness of mind. And um, I was like, I believe in that. I believe in that scripture. And he, and he stopped and his eyes got so serious and his name was Michael. And he goes, he's like, I believe in that too. I said, yeah. I was like, is it okay? Like, can I pray for you? And he's like, yes. He's, and this is what he said. This is not mustard on the hot dog or hamburger helper or any of that stuff. He said, he's like, I asked the Lord to send me somebody this morning. I've, I've been asking the Lord to send somebody to me. And I said, well, maybe it's me. I don't know, you know. <laughs> so here me and Michael hold hands like this in Brookshire's by the magazines. You know what I mean? They're looking for like Pedialyte or who knows what, cleaning. I don't know what it was. It's right there. Like when you, when you walk in, you turn left. It's 2018. And, um, and we're holding hands praying together. And um, I prayed, and he's like, yeah, thank you. And I don't know if we, we hugged it out or what. You know, it was just like, it was so good to meet you. It was so good to meet you. Like, I'm just going to run and get my stuff. And then I just ran and got my stuff and came back. And Brad and them were out of town this weekend. There's a few of y'all might have been there. But I remember telling Brad when, I got, when we got to their house that night, because, like, I remember we were eating outside by the fire pit, and they had a TV that was outside. And I was telling all of them the story, like, listen to this dude, you know. Listen to the story that just happened, you know. And um, so it was just really beautiful story i wish i could say like and then and his his eyeballs opened up bigger than they were you know what I mean? i'm not gonna just sauce it up because I, I didn't know what happened to him but i knew that i was let, led to stop and i prayed for him so last year i i'm a i don't even know how i got it on my emails i get the tyler today the tyler paper emails does anybody else get that no just me okay so they send me emails the daily headlines every day i get the daily headlines and usually i just swipe delete it swipe delete it you know what i mean but last year on October the 24th, today, of last year, one, one year ago today, I, I opened it up, and because some, sometimes I open up and just look, look at what I was saying, and the article that was on it, I don't remember if it was on the top, because it, it shows you like their top three articles, and you can click on them. And the, the, the article, this is in 2020, says, Retired Pastor Penn's Memoir, All Proceeds Donated to Alzheimer Association, and, and it's got Michael's face on the picture. I was like, that's my guy from two years ago that I prayed for in Brookshire's. And um, <coughs> you, you go and you read the articles. Retired Methodist pastor Dr. Michael Dent poses with this new ministerial memoir. He's got this beautiful book. It's, it's called Love Whispers, or Reflections of a Seasons Pastor. And all proceeds are going to be donated to the Alzheimer's Association. And so it talks about this guy was kind of a big deal. He's a big deal around here. He's a big deal in Colorado. And it's his interactions and all these stories of like, presidents and famous people and like his grandfather and all these just different little stories from his life that he's put this this thing and it's and it says you know michael was diagnosed in 2018 with you know it says what it is it's the early onset of alzheimer's it's it's called something else but it also said early onset alzheimer's um in there and so he says he's and, and he says like i don't know how long my mind's going to be functioning so well but i wanted to really have this all in this past this stuff on and this is in 2020. It says he wrote, he wrote the book in a year, so he wrote it in 2019. But I ran into him in 2018 when he first moved to town in Brookshire's, dude. By the magazines, looking at some tattoos or, you know, guns or fitness or something silly. 
just to kill time to look like I was trying to be there and prayed for the guy, you know. And a year later, he writes a book, and it comes to me through Tyler Today paper, you know what I mean? And I felt like that was such a cool little token. But when I was thinking about this story of, like, creating space, how we all have the ability to, like, create space in our life and let the Lord out. And sometimes it might just be like, wait here for a second, or go talk to them, or, you know, whatever it could be. And I'm thinking of that, and I was like, this reminds me of the story of, of Dr. Michael, you know what I mean? And so I went and sw- went through my photo, my picture, and the article was written on October the 23rd of last year, which yesterday was the 23rd. And I screenshot it on the 24th, which today's the 24th. And I just said, ah, it's a little token from the Lord. I'm supposed to tell that story today. And it actually works with this. And it makes me feel good. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things, man. And I'm not saying that I'm the reason he was able to write a book. Okay? But I will say he didn't write a book until I prayed for him. So, you know, but I'm not saying that. You know, but, you know, you know who knows, right? Come on. You know, who knows the stuff that we do? How it's going to happen? What's going to work? Why would the Lord give me that uh, little... A little throw me a bone right there. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a chance. Maybe, maybe that's all it is, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, the thing about it is, like, we can change the world every single day. You know what I mean? Just by being led by the Lord. And just by creating space. The, the space we create in our own life to commune with Him is, is second to, to, to none on how valuable it is in our life. Our connection to Him. Whether it's taking time out to just read because this thing can come alive. You might develop an issue where you feel like you're in it all the time. You get stressed out by it. But that's a good thing in the Bible, right? Uh, you know, like where you're in the situation. You can see it really good. Yeah, that can happen. Or, or maybe it's in your prayer time. Or maybe it's in the time you actually pray to ask questions about situations. that You know, whatever that looks like in your communion will spill over into the real world. The secret place world, the closet world, whatever you want to call it, will spill over into your relationships and into life. And um, sometimes what creating space is, is really yielding to the source. Can't imagine walking around with him once we've seen the way he lived his life, Jesus. And then walking around with him on the inside and not thinking that he still wants to live his life that way. You know what I mean? He still, there are certain situations that he would just not walk by. Like, this isn't going to be okay. I'm going to do something about this. You know what I mean? How many situations are like that in our life because he's riding us, riding around on the inside of us like a taxi, but we never stop or pull over or even ask. You want to stop here, boss? You know what I mean? What is that sticker that you say, God is my (laughs) co-pilot? You know what I mean? Well, he should be your pilot, you know? No, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, God's in you. God's in us. That's That's the new covenant, you know? Imagine it. Imagine speaking to the encouragement to somebody that's thinking about starting their own company. That eh, They're not really sure, but you feel an inspiration for them. Hey, man, that sounds like the Lord. I think you'd go for it. You know, What if our encouragement is the one thing that helps push somebody into the destiny God's called them to walk in? And they just need that encouragement. You know, they just need that life-giving. What if, somebody's, what if there's people that, you know, physically they're in really a bad, bad place? Because we don't think to pull over and let, like, well, I don't, I don't have anything that I can give you, but Jesus the Christ does, and it's quite possible if you let me check with him for a second. You know, let me just, let me just try to, let me just step into this connection and acknowledge him in all these ways, and and maybe there's a detour today. You know, 
Imagine that. Well, Lord, we thank you for the reality that Christ in us is the hope of glory. That you are on the inside of us. And we are inside of you, seated in you in the heavenly realms of authority. And you've given us access. And Lord, we even right now, me and everyone who wants to agree with this, we agree to give you access to our life. We give you access to our our circles, to, to the paths we travel. That if you want to step out and pray for somebody, whether it's something traumatic or whether it's something like our neighbor speaking encouragement into some anxiety or something like that, we want to be a vessel that acknowledges you in all of our ways and releases you in the here and now in a real way. We thank you for your, you want to make disciples. You want disciples and you want us to make disciples by living in a connection with you that brings and gives life and inspires others. Thank you that creating space, we open the room and you actually fill it up. Amen.